You're listening to Please Save Me. Please Save Me is the official recap podcast of Chicago Heroes, network TV's number one drama. Chicago Heroes is definitely a real TV show, but you won't find it in any TV guide. And if you don't watch it, that's that's your problem. As the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard, Johnny Drama brings his hands into a cupped position in front of his pelvis and exhales. He likes to finish his Tai Chi routine just as the light starts to reflect off his Academy Award, which he keeps on a pedestal in his garden. You know, everybody said it was crazy for Steven Spielberg to cast you as Abraham Lincoln in a shot-for-shot remake of his own movie, but you proved them wrong. Johnny turns to see his younger brother Vinny coming out of the house with his manager Eric holding a green smoothie. Damn straight I did, little bro, Johnny says. For me? Vinny nods and hands Johnny the smoothies. It's just a shame Daniel Day-Lewis quit acting and then killed himself because your performance was so good, Eric says. Johnny Drama nods silently and picks up a wooden rake, dragging it gently through a bed of dry gravel in the center of the garden. I know, E. That's why I come out here every morning. I think it's important to commune with the energy of the universe and remember the spirits of all the great artists that have come before us, paving the path we are walking down. From the front of the house, the roar of an engine and the sound of loud blaring hip-hop cut through the peaceful morning. Johnny and Vinny look at each other. Turtle, they both say. A pristine pair of Nike Air Yeezy two pure platinum sneakers attached to a fun-loving Oaf thuds through the gate. Ha ha, look at this motherfucking motherfucker raking rocks, Turtle says, clapping hands with Ari Gold, who stands beside him. Booyah, Ari says. Listen up, bitches. Turtle and me have five hot girls out in our Hummer, and there's five of us. Let's get going. We really can't, Eric says, but Ari cuts him off. Don't worry, Eric. One of the girls is Lloyd. Come on, Ari, Eric protests. Because you're gay, Ari says. All the guys laugh. Johnny Drama puts his arm around Eric. Come on, E, he says. Let's go. We deserve to have a little fun. Sarah, what are you doing? Uh, I... <clears throat> Is that my entourage fan fiction? I did... I thought... I thought I had... Uh, I thought it was a, a an electric bill. What do you mean? Why would I store an electric bill in a locked diary under my mattress? I just thought that's where you were hiding them. That's such a huge invasion of privacy. I can't believe you would read that. Okay, but here's the thing. It's really good. You gotta take a side. You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? What? Is watching you stuff your face with those hot dogs. If you see me coming, you better run because I'm gonna lay the fuck down. Nobody, I mean nobody, puts ketchup on a hot dog. Smells like courage. You're listening to Please Save Me. Welcome back for another week of drama and intrigue with Ben Flores and... Sarah Black. Hi. Thanks for tuning in again, folks. Uh, Boy, we are excited about tonight. Uh, This is the highlight of my week, and I'm glad that we finally got our way around to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, It's been a hell of a week, and this was the bright spot for sure. You know, after... uh, after what just transpired, you may be aware, because uh, you heard that I have a mattress in here, 
We're still recording from the tow lot. Yeah. We went ahead and moved our mattresses into the trailer because it's actually uh it's actually better than being on the studio lot because, yeah. you know, um Mike, the guy who runs the impound lot, pretty much lets us go- come and go as we please. Yeah, lets us do whatever. And uh, sometimes he'll like throw us a bag of Doritos or something. Yeah, I mean, it's not like when we were on the studio lot, I felt like we were always uh, ducking and dodging. Yeah, walking on eggshells, really. And now we're walking on Doritos. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I might as well be walking on the sun after tonight's episode, which might was as well. pretty yeah. hot. Pretty hot. Uh, ben, you know... I say this every I say this every week and I'm going to say it again this week and one week I probably won't say it but I just how do they continue to top themselves it's it's out of control I don't know it's like when a strong man is hitting the uh test of strength thing at the carnival oh with the big old know? sledgehammer and it keeps maxing out yeah it's like they got to keep adding more notches up to the top of the thermo- the strength thermometer. Yeah, well, pretty soon it's going to be at the freaking moon. And then Elon Musk will build us an elevator to go up and measure how strong the man was. Yeah, or he'll just put on extra high heels because he's always wearing uh, little blocks in his shoes to make him look taller. Say it ain't so. Sorry to ruin your hero for you. Never meet your heroes, Ben. <laughs> you know what? I've been trying to meet our heroes every week, but uh, they keep managing to... <sighs> The calendar keeps managing to elude us. We still yeah. haven't been able to get uh, any of the. We still haven't been able to get any of the actors uh, from the main casts on the show yet, just due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah, and well, and if you think about it, like Cole Sprouse is doing a couple shows. Selena Gomez has a recording career. Sandra Bullock's got a movie career. It kind of makes sense that we haven't been able to get them. It's definitely not like just us, you know. Yeah, but we do kind of have somewhat of a hero in the studio with us today. A hero in her own right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. As you can probably recognize from my voice, I am former city comptroller Patrice Maria Gonzalez, and it's a pleasure to be here. Former comptroller of the city of Chicago, Patrice Maria Gonzalez. Uh, I can't believe uh, you're here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I can't believe you're also a fan of Chicago. I mean, it's everybody's a fan of Chicago heroes, I guess, but you don't think that like the big timers even have a second to watch TV. Well, you know, it's one of those things where like I keep a cue so that way when I get home after a long day, I can just pop on an episode. Yeah. What do your long days look like now? Uh, My long days are very busy. I go to the office and I make phone calls. I have a lot of calls coming up in the next few days to organize things for Chicago. Now you were uh, deposed from your office's uh, comptroller, it's, right? It's it's lies. It was really a smear campaign coming right from Rom. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we don't get, I mean, uh, you nope. don't have to say that twice. Yeah, you got no love for Rom here. Uh, we tried to get a, uh, we tried to get a tax, a tax write-off for our podcast, and he actually, as soon as he found out we were doing it, he charged us a special surcharge. Yeah. That's because he's a bastard. Yeah, for sure. What does a comptroller do? I take care of a ton of things for Chicago. I'm in charge of so much for the city. You wouldn't even believe how what the l- workload is like. Yeah. And now I am working really hard to get back on that ballot and get elected this November. So what office are you going to? One of the city municipal buildings. So you're still going into the uh you're still going into the office? Absolutely. You don't even if you're deposed. So they didn't revoke your key card access or anything. Not yet. That's one of the nice things about working for the city of Chicago. They uh, they're very lax in paperwork and getting things done. So even if 
you're no longer in the office, you still have access to the actual physical office. Like your title can be removed, but you still get to do the job. It's It all kind of works out. The perks of a budgetary crisis. Right? Exactly. Oh, is that what, do they do budget stuff? Well, she, I, she was just saying, I don't know. I, it sounds to me like as a comptroller, you're basically, you're like a fixer for the city. Is that? I am 100% a fixer. That is why Rom had to deal with me because he didn't like how I was fixing the city. Oh boy. Well, so- you know, I was saying we weren't getting any stars on this show, but we basically got ourselves a regular Michael Clayton here. Or even Michael Crichton. R.I.P. Yes. Yeah, so it's a pleasure to be here and, uh. The city of Chicago needs me, and that's why I watch Chicago Heroes. <laughs> that's great. That's it's inspirational both ways, probably. Like you're an inspiration to the writers on the show, probably. I can only imagine, and the show in turn inspires you. Did you see the episode Controlled Comptroller? Oh, uh, was yeah. Was that one of the webisodes? Because I got a backlog of those. Yeah. yeah, that extended version. The reason why it wasn't allowed to air on traditional uh, network television is because they actually used part of the case against me and Ram found out and it was a real it I had to fix that like I had to go and give them the cease and desist that's what I love about this show is you know we got the whole <coughs> law and order verse <coughs> which is ripped ben! I'm sorry I'm just making dick a wolf point is a dick I'm just making a point exactly he's no good which in is, my book it's ripped from the headlines this is like ripped from this is my like, life from my actual life. Ripped from real life. Yeah. This ain't news, people. Yeah, cut my life into pieces. It sounds like this is your last resort here, uh, Patricia. Because- Patrice. Patrice. Oh, I am so sorry. Thank you. Not everyone apologizes like they should. A real Chicago anti-hero over here. I would never want to get that wrong. My name is Patrice, so get it right. So it sounds like uh, you're kind of on the... Uh, I mean, I don't want to call it a... Redemption I was tour. I was wiretapped. That's where they got the dialogue for the show. Oh. oh. So that makes sense because I always feel like every episode of this show is uh it's like it's so naturalistic like the so naturalistic the dialogue. I'm like, you can't write this stuff. No way. So they were hacking into your phones. A and- Chicago River Watergate. Were they hacking into your phone? My whole house had devices planted all over it. Uh, They even got into my wardrobe and jewelry and put a tap in my wedding ring. You are wearing copious amounts of jewelry right now. (laughs) Well, what can I say? I I like sparkly things. So you must have an enormous wardrobe to hold all your jewelry. I am neither a lion nor a witch, but I do have a very nice wardrobe. I, I have seen in the uh, the Chicago Reader, they did call you the uh, the wicked witch of the Windy City. Was that you? Smear campaign. You know how Rom has really got his hands deep into the pockets of the Reader? Only nine fingers deep. <laughs> I appreciate that. Not everyone recognizes what kind of a... No, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to stoop to his level. I'm not going to call him names when he goes low you go high now is it true that rom lost his 10th finger because of a sort of a tough guy that you sent after him yes 
the mob is still alive and well in the city. I do have to say it is extraordinarily intimidating having you on this show because you present at first outwardly you present a really uh, just like a really pleasant demeanor, and then there yeah, you is, look like my mom. It is actually uncanny. You look exactly like Sarah's mom. Really? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. amazing. Sarah's mom. Uh, she famously wears a ring on every single finger. Does your mom do luncheons? Oh yeah, she loves luncheons. She's in, uh, in the junior league, and she's the president of the junior league. Wait, are are you DAR? Uh, I'm not DAR, but my mother is DAR. Uh, I'm kind of a rebel. I uh, wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even do it. I'm just not a society lady. I'm more. I'm more into like. I'm more into like indie bands and like trying to skateboard. So. I I have noticed that you've been adding more and more safety pins to your. Uh, to your attire every day, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, so you're an ally. Yeah, that's just because I'm. I want people to know that I'm looking out for them. Different aesthetic now. I feel like we should get into the episode because I'm like, I am truly champing at the bit to talk about this. Yeah, let's get into it. I want to know a little bit more, uh, you know, eventually, hopefully you'll tell us like what it is that you've been falsely accused of, uh, <laughs> Patrice. But I do hope that, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe that'll come out in this episode. Maybe we'll find out they ripped something from your life and uh, threw it into this episode because it seems like they're they're uh, cribbing liberally from your biography. What I will say, even though my lawyers have advised against it. Oh, this is uh don't worry about this. Do our fans are, are they're, uh, they're loyal and they keep their mouth shut. Oh, I like people who are lawyer loyal and keep their mouth shut. That's incredibly important. To That's me. all you're acquiring in a romantic partner. Keep your mouth shut unless I'm sorry. I, I'm an elected official. Or pardon me. I'm going to be elected official again. So I can't say why I'd like you to keep your mouth shut. Now, it is true from the uh, Chicago City Code that if the the current comptroller dies under suspicious circumstances, uh, there won't be a special election and the previous comptroller will get reappointed to their position. Is that right? Yes. So, you know, it's a scary world out here in Chicago. These streets are mean and Filled with terrors. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, what was that you were going to tell us that your lawyer said you shouldn't? Oh, uh, pardon me. I'm gonna just going to take some more of this complimentary wine that you guys so generously offered. Uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, go ahead. You can have that Magnum bottle all to yourself. Yep, we found that <clears throat> here. Yeah, we. Uh, that was in the... Uh, somebody's... Uh, there was a refrigerator t- truck got towed into the lot. And, yeah. uh, what happened was... in the back of the limo, it, you know, it, it, what can I say after a long night after the city gala, you have a few more glasses of champagne and then you're not sure who's in the limo and wait, wait. Are, is this the scandal? Hey, you ply her with a little bit of wine and she, her, <laughs> you know, what can loose I, lips. <laughs> what can I say? My assistant. <laughs> He, you know, he's like just out of college, graduated from Northwestern with a law degree. What do his abs look like? Jesus Christ. (laughs) And, you know, my husband was saying that he is just too good for this position. And I was like, which position are you talking about? Whoa. Whoa. You fucked your assistant. You weren't in the back of that limo. Uh, I can't say I've ever even been near a limo. So no. So no. There's a rusted old uh, 
there's a rusted old neon pink limo out there in the lot. Did you not notice that? That's an El Camino, dude. Oh, okay. There's an El Camino in this lot? Those back seats are quite spacious. It's a truck. <laughs> wait. It's a That's pro- why the back wait. seat's so spacious, Sarah. It's a truck bed. My favorite word rhymes with truck. <laughs> Cluck. I do remember that from your uh, your last campaign ad where you called your uh, where you dressed up in a big chicken suit and you called your opponent for uh, the city controller. Chicken. He was a chicken. Wow, that set you off. Me, you yeah. like got rabid as soon as I mentioned him. Well, I didn't even say his name. Oh, nobody likes William Espalone. Member of the uh, Chicago Balones. Espalone. Do you have name blindness? I thought his middle initial was S, and his name was William S. Ballone, and that he was a member of the uh, famous Chicago crime family, the Ballones, that controlled all the uh, West Side delis. I love a good six-inch sub with some Capicola, a bologna, uh, and a little bit of Espalone. <laughs> hefty side of laundered money for what they were doing within those delis. Yeah, and that's yeah. why he's a chicken. They, put, they wouldn't put chicken on the menu. That guy clucks for a buck. That's what she said in the ad. Yeah, I know. I'm saying it because I remember it. And I want you to know I it remember was catchy. it. Thank you. I loved the. Uh, I loved how it became sort of took off amongst Chicago's uh, SoundCloud teens to remix that into an auto tune sort of mix. I was quite flattered. I watched it a couple of times. Espelon clucks for a buck. I hope you get to. Can you auto tune this later when I say Espelon clucks for a buck? I'm sure one of our loyal fans definitely will. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. To any of our uh, hero heads out there, if you want to uh, remix uh, Clucks for a Buck, uh, go ahead. And, and if you uh, tweet those at us or you uh, find us on Snapchat or Vine or whatever, we will uh, go ahead and throw those into the uh, episode. Espelone, Clucks for a Buck. One more time for everyone in the back. Yeah, I like the, I like the different cadences because that'll be good for a beat. Espelone, Clucks for a Buck. Espelone, Clucks for a Buck. Um, I want to talk about the episode real bad, guys, because uh, it was spooky, and I feel like talking it out, talking about my fears, uh, will kind of help uh, help me um, work through whatever whatever just happened. It was uh, it was scary. I felt like I was watching this episode through sleeping with one eye open, gripping my pillow tight. Yeah, yeah. Same. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little spooky. It's a little scary. And it's also, you know, a lot of people are really into true crime lately. And I think that's where this was inspired from, if I had to guess. Um, Cause there is a serial killer and I am not talking about French toast folks. Yeah. This was, uh, this was like real stuff. This wasn't jump scares. This wasn't, uh, you know, creaking doors. Seven bodies hit the floor. At least. At least. At least. And uh, I mean, I think it was a little bit on the nose, honestly, to have Michael C. Hall playing the serial killer, but uh, somehow they made it work. Yeah. I mean, there hasn't been one single miscast character in this show. No. And uh, tonight proved to be no exception. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, he really varied up his uh, delivery so that you wouldn't even know it was him at all. I liked all the blood. Uh yeah, I liked how it uh it opened with uh it opened with him 
with Michael C. Hall swabbing the deck of his yacht, and it was just, and, and it started in black and white, and then when it went to color, yeah. you saw that he was pushing blood off yeah, the deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really, really cool. I've been on that yacht. That actual yacht? The actual yacht. That's, uh, that's so cool. You've been on the Queen Anne 4? Yeah, of course. You should see 1, 2, and 3. Oh, my gosh. The hulls of those ones. I would love to get inside one of those yachts. I go out there to Lake Michigan every year at Fleet Week, and I try to get into one of those yachts, and I can never get a ticket. That sounds like the beginning of a joke. Like, uh, what's the Queen Anne for? Ben, next, or pardon me, this summer, if if you are looking to get on a yacht, I uh, might be able to uh, help you out. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Benny just scored some ticks to Fleet Week. Yeah, it's a good thing I wasn't invited because I get seasick. Um, so it's a good thing I wasn't invited. Anyway, the police know that it's Michael C. or the serial killer, but they can't quite pin him down. Well, because he's the way he's doing it is so clever. I mean, he's out on his yacht and he's uh, catfishing women onto the yacht using uh, Tinder, and then he always sets it up when they die to look. I mean, I guess to look like it, it is a drowning, and then he sets it up to look like one. Yeah, but like an accidental one, like like he didn't push him off the boat or anything, or like he didn't stab him off the boat. Like he. Yeah, I liked when they showed the crime scene crew and they were looking at, they were dredging the body up from the water, and then the uh, the forensic examiner was able to determine that it was said, you know, it appears that this body fell off a boat. Yeah, that was bleak. I mean, the physics of it all kind of checks out, if you know what I mean. Do you have a background in science? No. Um, but yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally I mean, know what you mean. Trajectories and angles. And, Buoyancy. And gravity and... Buoyancy. Yachts. I know yachts so well. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry to question your credentials. I forgot that you... I, I mean, here Real I am. Real yachthead. Stupid Ben, you're probably not even going to bring me onto the boat this summer after that. Play your cards right. I am a gambling woman. Coming this summer to a boat near you, Ben Flores! Been on a boat has a nice ring to it, if you know what I mean. I've never, hey, I've been? never been, I've been on, on a boat. boat. <laughs> hey guys, what's the Queen Anne for? Sailing the high seas. <laughs> I did enjoy this episode. I, I, I really liked it. Because oh, you're, yeah. uh, you were telling us just before we started uh, recording that you're a huge horror fan. Oh, I love spooky stuff. And they really like leaned into the horror on this. I mean, so yeah. far this has pretty much been sort of like, I mean, there's been a little comedy, a little drama, a little procedural, but this was like, I mean. It makes American Horror Story look like Cinderella. Whoa. I couldn't agree more. Hey, Ryan Murphy, Chicago Heroes is freaking coming for you. I'll see them at the Emmys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Do you go to the Emmys? Wow, Patrice, you are a real gal about town. Yeah, what can I say? Here's what I can say. Uh, how about that confrontation between uh, the, the police chief and the rookie cop just having a little face-off, not like the movie, like a real-life face-off, because uh, Serena wanted to get on that boat. She wanted to be, like, bait, which... Hook, line, and sinker. You know what I mean? A real hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sinker. Michael C. Hall wasn't able to. I mean, classic young rookie hothead cop 
who's mm. defying her superior's orders. Yeah, that's the second time this has happened, and there's only been four episodes. So I think we're we're seeing the beginnings of a lot of butting heads and also seeing a lot of growth coming out of uh, Selena Gomez's character. And uh, you can really see it in her performance. A lot of uh, unsinkable Molly Brown references, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which is interesting for this audience. Yeah, I mean, it was really I- incredible that uh, they had Selena Gomez do a whole sort of interlude where she was... Uh, like where she sang that song about the unsinkable Molly Brown. What song? Uh, I think it was called. Uh, I, uh, you could just sing it for us. I'd I'd really appreciate it. I think we both would. It would be a really good moment for us. Do you remember the part? Okay. Do you remember the part where Michael, where she was on the boat, right? For from her because she had successfully set up like Michael C. Hall to catfish her, but little did he know that she was catfishing him. Right. And she's on the boat and then he go he goes into the bathroom. He says, he goes, I'm going to hit the head. And he goes into the bathroom and then uh, she starts uh, softly humming and then she started singing. Oh, she's the unsinkable Molly Brown. Even when the water's rough, she'll never go down. Oh, they call her unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, that's such a classic Irish folk song. Speaking of songs, I thought I thought it was really interesting in the beginning with that whole sequence with uh, Michael C. Hall swabbing the deck and its blood. I thought it was a really cool, interesting musical choice to play I'm on a Boat by the Lonely Island. Yeah, I, I loved that. And I loved how they actually uh, did the, they cut over to showing T-Pain on the boat in Lake Michigan on his own yacht. Yeah, it was nuts. Man, the budget for this show every week is off the freaking charts, I'm telling you. I truly wish I had point zero zero one of the budget just for my own life. Oh, and, and you deserve that because let's talk about Yorma Tacone and you're on a boat. Yeah, let's talk about maybe the comptroller can fudge the numbers a little bit and get me a little extra cash, huh? I'm, hey, I am into it. Patrice, you think that's something you could, uh, you think you could get us out of this impound lot? Oh, heck yes. Is that a promise? Is that a deal? Are you going to shake on it? I'm in campaign mode. I'm, I'm really working on it. It costs uh, $92 a day for every day that we've been uh, locked here and we got towed from the studio two weeks ago. So, uh, What studio were you towed from? The uh, the network studio where they film. Uh, oh, it's, you might, uh, I, Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, you might not know this, but uh, th- you know, obviously they film the show at Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, and uh, we had our trailer set up there uh, to podcast from mm. initially, mm. Uh, but then there were some there were some like city licensing. I mean, honestly, maybe you can help us with oh, that. Wait. There were some city, city licensing, licensing issues. <laughs> I know a guy down in that office. Oh, awesome. Because He's actually do single. The Chicago and LA uh, municipal offices have like a pretty tight relationship. Uh, you could say we're uh, we're in a relate. Well, I wouldn't say a relationship. Wait, is this hot relationship gossip? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's relationship based. Like we don't really, there's not really a label for it. But, you know, there's like a, is Patrice in love? I mean, not, I mean, I'm married. My husband is my husband. So, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be friendly and be open and welcoming. But the guy in the licensing office is single. There was this uh, real, like, uh, 
this real tweedy, dweeby, pencil pusher looking guy who came to our trailer and told us that we didn't have our permits in order. I think his name was uh, Patrick. Was Is that the same guy? Mm, no. Okay. Phew. No, he, yeah. he, he's, a, he's like the guy they send out to like try to build his self-esteem, but it's never going to work. Everybody knows he's... He's just going to go back to his are desk you, in the back. Are you freaking kidding me? We got we got towed off a goddamn adult make-a-wish? I'm I'm sorry. I didn't understand that last You said bit. they send him out to do the task to build it. <laughs> Maybe we should just get back to the episode because it was spooky and scary and, uh, you know. It was thrilling. I mean. Yeah. Watching uh, Serena Sanchez on that boat. Uh let's talk about that outfit for a second. Va va boom, you know? Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. It's a real Patrice Maria Gonzalez number. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, body con is what they call it. And she looked great. Interesting that it was a body con dress when she was pulling off a little con of her own con artist. Yeah. That's what I meant. And, uh, sorry to explain the joke. I was wondering, like, did she know that he was going to have all those sort of Ocean's Eleven style laser uh, laser security that she would have to do gymnastics through in the boat? It- <laughs> <laughs> Is what fucking body con means? Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy that she uh, that all those lasers were there and she had to like kind of duck in and out of them. And I want to think that she knew. I want to think that she did the research and that she knew. But... Who knows? She's a hothead, and she seems like she just goes with her instincts. She isn't the master planner type. She's a shoot-from-the-hip lady. And And how does she keep a gun in her hip pocket if she's got that dress on? Do you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, stealthy. I mean, I felt like I was, like, you know, I would say that I was watching movie magic, but obviously they shot the whole confrontation scene in one take. One take, which is uh, artistic and truly in this culture, necessary. I always love when they don't do a quick cut. It's not like a lot of editing. They have to do a lot of like the choreography before. Mm. So like they just are pulling the camera back and like the actors are moving all over the place and like the action's coming in and you're like, wow, how do they do that? that That was really breathtaking considering their production time. It really makes it feel like you're like you are what you are watching is so much more real. It's very yeah. theatrical. And what I think is, oh my God. So I don't know if you guys felt this way, but the part where uh, she kind of gets through all this stuff and then uh, he's not quite on to her yet, but she has like figured it out. She's gotten all the evidence that she needs. And then she finds him and she corners him and she kisses him. I was like, oh my God, is she like, is she going to the dark side or is she in his, is she in his web? But no, she just did it so that she could like get close enough to him to fucking stab him. I really liked that part. That part was awesome, but it was it was uh, it was amazing. It was I mean it was it was wily. It was mischievous. It was fucking sexy. It was so sexy. It was, it was like, so sexy. It was like that passionate thing where you're like, "Oh, I hate you so much. I hate you so much." Yeah. What's crazy is the stab wound didn't hurt him enough, so then he. Kind of got away, and he like threw yeah, her and on the he's like he's and... like he, he he's like you can't stab me, you can't stab me, uh, Miss Sanchez. I have a rare skin disorder that makes my skin as tough as cowhide. And then she like pulled his hair real hard, and they kissed again, and she stabbed him again. <laughs> she just kept trying it. She was like, "I'm gonna hurt, I'm gonna hurt you if it kills me." And I was like, "Holy 
shit, it got hot in here. I know, I know. And I was like, okay, we haven't had a sex scene quite yet in the show, and I think it's not coming quite yet, but I I was ready to come. I, quite I yet. really enjoyed the building of the tension. Sometimes it's not necessary. Well, I mean, the act can be, I well, I've already kind of covered that. My lawyer's going to, I'm going to be in so much trouble after this. But you know, just watching the tension build up between them is she's, he's saying, you can't stab me. It's never going to work. And she's like, I'm going to penetrate you and it never happens yeah and you just kept seeing uh little chunks of the knife break off every time that she would get into his skin with it until Uh, it was left down to a nubbin yeah and then he gets out of her way and then he douses the entire freaking yacht in gasoline what a waste of gasoline that is one way of looking at it yeah and another way of looking at it is this guy is desperate to get out of this situation, and he lights the yacht on fire. Which is where we got the title of the episode. Smoke, Smoke on, on the water. water. The wordplay every week is yeah delightful. Yeah, that's the first song I learned how to play on guitar. You play guitar? Um, That's the first and only song I learned how to play on guitar. Dang, I was going to say we should start a band in here. Yeah, I'd love to jam. Well, I am having a dinner, a themed dinner party. What's the theme? It's on a yacht. The yacht is the theme? So we, we will be on the water. So if you wanted to come and just play smoke. <laughs> you just need somebody to come play uh, smoke on the water to set the mood? Uh, yeah, as like an intro song before I give a small speech. And Is this part of your campaign? Yeah, it's a fundraiser. That's the theme. How much money do we get if we uh, come on as a band? I'll pay you because you're the one who knows how to play the song. Mm, Interesting. What does Ben get? Oh, he just gets to be on a boat. You'll get to be on the boat. Don't you worry. But I'll just take a cut of your pay, Sarah, because I'll uh, I'll just no. be your roadie. Okay. No? no, the roadies don't get paid. You can be a volunteer roadie, but... I'm... Hey, you can be a volunteer roadie. And you're getting on the boat for free, so you'll get alcohol for free and a lobster roll. And you keep kind of insinuating that maybe you want to get me onto your boat. And I, you know, I don't know what your intentions are, uh, Ms. Maria Gonzalez. Does but he look like a certain assistant or something? It's Ben it's does the have the best abs I've ever seen. It, it's and that's the just summertime. A strictly platonic thing. Uh, I know, I know. I can be, I can, I can really mess with people's minds just by. Uh... You have a dizzying effect. <laughs> yeah, I love watching men sweat like this. So He's did your... dripping in sweat. <laughs> did your previous assist? Did your assistant also have the same, uh, the same gland issue that I have? We did steam up the windows of that limousine. I'm starting to remember. I remember that video. I remember the video where like... TMZ's lying. World star. You're saying that they they edited it? You know, you can spin a story however you want. And that guy who leans over the cubicles and like tries to rile everybody up, you know, it's the same. They're using some of that movie magic that Chicago Heroes has too much integrity to use. Which is why I except, loved, except for the web for the webisodes. We all know about the webisodes. Ripping yeah, those it from are people's yeah, lives those are ripped from people's lives. It's all fabricated. It's all ripped uh, from the wiretap of my very large Cartier necklace. Mumbo jumbo. Yep, yep. Mambo number five. Mambo number five. So, but tonight's episode, I mean, it was like that was pure practical effects when he douses that uh douses that yacht down in gasoline and then they they burn it it was like 
we watched that whole thing burn in one uninterrupted take. Uh, everything was burning up while um, they were on the boat right after they'd had this kind of like passion. So it was like a, another, it was like a physical manifestation of that passion. And then in what you think is like another manifestation of that passion, she drags him off the boat and onto a life raft. And you're like, wait, are they or aren't they? Is this Sam and Diane? What are they going to do? But then the only reason she does it is because she doesn't want him to die so that she can bring him to justice. And it's like, she's been singular minded this whole time. And like, why didn't I trust her as a viewer? And uh, I don't know. I just, it, it was a lot to deal with. It was very complex. The human condition is complex. What motivates us? What are our intentions? How do we use the things that are already in our arsenal to get what we want. I, I was like, what are you freaking doing? You're saving this guy's life? Yeah. He, he's a killer. And then it's like, oh, she has a strong sense of right and wrong. Right. I was like, girl, you don't need dick that bad. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She could get it wherever she wants. But I also get it. He's kind of like cowhide. So, you know, yeah. you, you gotta, you can't milk the cow without buying it. That's what they say. And That's true. I mean, if you have ethics... Because yeah. someone like uh, someone like Serena Sanchez, she ain't gonna sneak onto a neighbor uh, farmer's field and milk his cows. But here's a cow she does want to milk, and that is a sexy fireboat driver, uh, 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 Dylan Smith, played by Dylan Sprouse, uh, who f- pulls up to freaking save him, and uh, and then sparks flying again, sparks flying that aren't even on the dang boat. Yeah, there was romantic sparks flying there. And we get, we finally got to see one of those famous Chicago fireboats that I've been hoping every episode we're going to get to see. Uh, yeah, I love I I love seeing them docked along the river, but I'm like, when's there going to be a fire so I can see it? And you got your answer tonight. Yeah. I mean, th- there was a full burning uh, yacht on this show. Yeah. And Dylan, Dylan was so smitten when he was pulling uh, Serena out of the water yeah. with Michael C. Hall on her back. Yeah. That he didn't even put out the fire. Do you think all fire boat fighters have to be shirtless or is that just like an aesthetic choice? I thought it was a nice choice. He had nice abs. Oh, no, I'm not complaining. You, yeah. So you thought uh, you thought, Patrice, that that was a uh, that was just a character choice. You know, it's it's hot in the summertime and you got to work on your tan when you can. That's what I always say. You got to work on your tan when you can. Even when it's night out and there's a yacht burning on the river. Absolutely. That's a moon. Absolutely. That's a moon night tan. It is all starting to come back to me because I do remember from last summer when that sort of uh, grainy, that grainy footage of you out uh, on the beach with those mobsters came and you said to the camera, you got to work on your tan when you can. Uh, they, They weren't mobsters. They were actually just my associates. Okay. I got to say that some of those guys looked exactly like the Balones. Espalones. They look like the Espalones. I'm telling you, there's these guys named the Balones. Ah, oh, you spin me right around, Patrice. You have got me all twisted. You know, sweating. <laughs> there are moments of gold and flashes of light. That's all I can say. <sighs> well, tonight, tonight's episode was definitely a song of ice and fire, because <laughs> I got to say that uh, by the end of it, I felt like. Um, you could see that Michael C. Hall had absolutely fallen for Serena. And it was like she was giving him the freeze out. She was like... It was on the rocks, as far as I'm concerned. Both on the rocks of the shoreline and on ice. 
It's a song of ice and fire. There's that nice moment at the end where uh, Serena and Dylan are down there at the uh, at the bar, and the final shot of the episode was them both drinking whiskey on the uh, <laughs> on the rocks and clinking their glasses together while "Come Sail Away" plays in the background. I mean, come the rights to the music. Away, come sail away. Come sail away with me. Can you learn that on the guitar for the party? Absolutely. I'll uh, learn it on the synth, my friend. You're going to need to find a different... I'm not having any of that practicing in here because I got to get my sleep tonight. Why? What are you resting up for? I got a long Postmates shift tomorrow. A long what? I got a long Postmates shift tomorrow. Oh, I thought you said a long oh, so Postmates shift. I, uh, you're also a delivery boy? Yeah, I got a. Uh, I just signed up for uh, Postmates because uh, Postmates. Yeah, I just signed up for uh, Postmates because. <laughs> Do you deal with cats? In a sense. Yeah, it's this. Uh, it, yeah, in a sense, it is in a sense. Yeah, because Do you get them to purr. That's exactly what it is. It's a uh, the guy who works here at the uh, impound lot. He actually hooked me up with the gig. This. <laughs> He told me that his uh, he told me that his cousin runs this app called Pussmates where uh, it's uh, single women with cats, and I go over to their house and I make their cats purr, and they uh, pay me to uh, watch. And that does bring us to our uh, break from our sponsors. This episode has been sponsored by Pussmates. Uh, go to pussmates.com slash song of ice and fire uh, for 15% off your first Pussmates delivery. Please Save Me is brought to you by you, our listener. Please rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Black. <laughs> Welcome, Sarah Black. <laughs> Welcome back to Please Save Me. Uh, I think we're getting ready to start a little bit of a game. A little bit of a game here today that we uh, we like to call Police Academy 3. And uh, this is actually a segment uh, that we are basing on some real-life hero-hood, uh, some real-life hoops that heroes have to jump through. A lot of people don't know this, uh, but the Chicago cop exam actually uses the same questions as Google. Like the same questions as like working at Google headquarters, like when you interview at Google headquarters? Yeah, not the uh, questions that people Google. It's not like, you know, um, like... uh, Like what's the difference between a Cadillac limousine and a Mercedes-Benz limousine? Sure. Or Selena Gomez feet? Michael C. Hall height? Sandra Bullock (laughs) breast implants? Ray Romano penis real? Ray Romano actually dead? Yeah. R.I.P. No, it's not stuff like that. It's uh, it's the questions that they use in the Google interview, which is uh, famously challenging, but uh, you actually have to be just as uh, quick on your feet, just as, uh, just as much of an intellectual giant to make it through to the uh, Chicago police force. Hey, Bill Gates, give me this job, please, 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 Bill Gates, I want this job at Google. Yeah, and uh, th- they brought Bill Gates into the uh, <laughs> Chicago Police Department, and he actually, because uh, they had a whole report come down from the, uh, from the Department of Justice that told them they had to make reforms, so they had uh, Bill Gates come in and use algorithms to revamp the whole thing, 
and now it's actually um, it's actually a lot more fair and everything because they're using these Google questions in the hiring. Oh, that makes sense. That makes it fair. Yeah. Uh, so this game, Police Academy Three, uh, we're gonna go ahead and take one of these questions and we're gonna uh, see how we could e- see if we can answer it all three of us together. Now, not one of us is nearly well. I can't speak for Patrice, but Sarah and I. I mean, as much as I like to think we could, we couldn't make it onto the force. No way. I can only do 20 push-ups. But with our powers combined, could we do it? We're going to find out. I mean, the force is with us, so. Mm. If collectively we can answer this question, we kind of become honorary Chicago cops. Yeah, stack all three of us into a cop uniform. Yeah, stack us up into a a cop uniform, slap a badge on us, and... Give uh, us a gun. So... Uh, today's question for Police Academy 3. You are shrunk to the height of a nickel, and your mass is proportionally reduced so as to maintain your original density. I don't... Uh, this is a physics question, and I'm really into it. You are then thrown into an empty glass blender. The blades will start moving in 60 seconds. What do you do? This is a real question from a uh, Google interview, and also from the Chicago Cop Exam. Uh, what if you... Uh, uh climbed up to the middle where it spins so you're away from the blades like on that top little wing nut oh my thing was gonna be just scream really loud but that's way smarter yeah and because your your lungs wouldn't probably be strong enough to scream loud enough for someone to hear you yeah but i was thinking tiny. it's like when you put your iphone in a bowl and it makes it a little bit louder if you don't have a speaker i was thinking since i'm in a blender and it's kind of like a bowl it'd be a little bit louder yeah like one of those uh like cheer horns where it's like a like a, a cone like a, bull a cone. horn yeah like a cone but there's no amplification just the cone shape yeah what would you do i guess i would just pray for uh i would pray to god to make me bigger so that i could get out of the blender do you want I to guess, hear it? But then he would probably make me, if he made me bigger really all at once, then I guess that I would probably like, that could be dangerous because maybe I would like expand out into the blades and then that would shred me up anyway. Yeah, it would cut all your junk off. I feel like I don't have a good answer to this. Do you want to hear the prayers that I had to say as a kid growing up every night? Yeah. Ready? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my child, to keep my love guard me through the night and wake me with the morning light. Amen. God bless mom, dad, Sarah, Randall, Daniel, Sam, Mimi, Poppy, Ma, Papa, Auntie, Ethan, aunts and uncles, all the cousins I love and help me to be a good girl. Amen. It's a team effort. Because the other thing is, is like, if I knew it was going to start in 60 seconds, I'd probably like scale the the blade thing and sit on the middle of the wing nut, the, like the little thing that sits in the middle. What the thing, the fulcrum? The, like the axis of the yeah, blades? Yeah, I'd sit in the axis of the blades. And then I would scream it i probably wouldn't stop screaming but i'd scramble i'd scream and scramble i guess that makes sense because like it doesn't say in the problem when the blender is going to turn off so you would still need for someone to hear you to get you out but it doesn't say yeah it doesn't say when the blender is going to turn off so maybe it never turns off and maybe it's always going but nobody would hear you scream because the blender is going which is way louder than but also if the blender was going wouldn't someone be like why is this blender on with nothing in it and then they look into yeah, it what else is in the blender and oh. also blenders are very loud and incredibly disruptive and if you're at a workplace and you've got a blender going and it goes on for an, an unreasonable amount of time someone's bound to come examine it wait is the assumption that the blender is at either google or chicago pd headquarters yeah, it does say that it's an empty glass blender, so I would guess it's in the Chicago police headquarters. Oh, that makes sense. Checks out. 
Well, I think we answered it. Because probably it probably was uh, evidence. Wait, do you know what the correct answer it is? Absolutely not. I think that's confidential. Google it. Do you think that that's what you're supposed to do in the Google interview? Is be like, uh, I would I would pull out my phone and I would freaking Google for help. Yeah, probably. And then they're like, wow, that's brand loyalty. You're hired. If I was answering this question for the Chicago cop exam, uh, I would pull out my phone and call 911. And say, I'm very tiny. I'm in a blender. I'm in the Chicago PD office. Could you just send an officer over here right now and make it so the blades don't turn on? You're right. They wouldn't believe that. Okay. So how do you convince them to come into the evidence room to the blender? I would say there's a, I would say, I wouldn't say I'm in an empty blender. I would say, I mean, there's a, it's got two cups of Duncan Turbo in it and a, uh, and two old fashions and it's making a donut smooth. It's about to turn on, make a donut smoothie. And then they would all come running and they would save me. A, a, like a boozy coffee smoothie? No, old fashioned donuts. Do you think it's time for a little report? Hell yeah, alright So it's time for the rescue report And fans, you know how this goes This is where we tally up all the lives that were saved Over the course of this episode And I think it's obvious that we would start with uh, Our protagonist of the episode, Serena Sanchez And her uh, lover, but he's now in jail uh, Michael C. Hall, the serial killer she saved his life uh, just so that he could have to live the rest of it uh, behind bars. That's two. And then number three would be, uh, I guess Dylan was in danger just like putting out that fire. So like we can count him as a three. He saved himself. He saved himself. And I mean, how high can you count when you think about all the people who didn't die at the hands of the serial killer now that he's behind bars? I think a million. Uh, so that's a million and three. I, I never tried to count that high, but I bet I could. A million and three. And uh, I mean, I think it's a million and six because there's three more. And that's you, me, and Patrice, you know? Yeah. And that's been the rescue report. Hey. Patrice, thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I made a promise to myself. I made a promise to myself when we first started the show that I would never endorse a political candidate. But I think I'm about to I'm about to break that rule. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to vote for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and it's it's women coming together and being better for each other. Mm-hmm. And if it comes around to it to a special election, I will also vote for you. But, uh, you know, I'm crossing my fingers that you're just going to get reappointed. That's just because um, you want to get on a boat, my friend. Uh, oh, Sarah. If you got a cat on that boat and you needed to purr, I'm your guy. That's pussmates.com slash song of ice and fire. Well, that brings us to our final segment, folks, which is next week on Chicago Heroes. Now, I am sorry to say that, uh, as usual, we're not going to, we, uh, me and Sarah didn't get to see the next week on segment this week mm. uh, because yeah what did you do the batteries in our portable TV they ran out so I plugged it into the surge protector and then during the commercial break I went over to make myself a smoothie and the surge protector got overloaded and blew out just before the next week on okay why don't you sue me 
I, I'm not going to sue you. It's fine. I'm over it. I know when I was really upset when it just happened, I had said, I wish you were in that blender. I wish you were in size of a nickel and you were in that blender. Uh, but I didn't mean it. And now it's all clicking into place too. You also freaking cheated on the episode and you read the question ahead of time. Because how else would you have known to insult me that way? Smells like courage. Yeah. Ha. <laughs>